Hello there in podcast land and welcome back to Spoilers, your bad movie review show on the Rat Pack Podcast Network, where your hosts have lots of opinions but zero credentials. Each week you watch a movie, usually a bad one, we crack a couple jokes, give your insight into the film, and we play a couple games at the end. I'm your host Adam, I'm joined by the Maestro. <laughs> hello, hello, hello! And also by Cowboy. I'm here. It's true. Right here. Oh, yes. I can see you. Oh. All right, this week... Because New Year's is here, we're doing a movie that is very, very loose connection to New Year's because it happens on New Year's. <laughs> That's oh. about it. It's from Wait, 2005. Are you, are you, are you serious? That, that... Yeah, that's the premise. That's why they're having a party. Uh, we'll, get, oh, we'll talk about it. It's from 2005. <laughs> it is a remake of a, I think it was from 1967 was the original or 76. It is Assaults on Precinct 13. This was directed by Jean-Francois Richette. It stars Ethan Hawke, Lawrence Fishburne, Gabriel Byrne, Mario Bello, and Dre DiMatteo. All right, let's do a synopsis real quick. A police sergeant must rally the cops and prisoners together to protect themselves on New Year's Eve, just as corrupt policemen surround the station with the intent of killing all to keep their deception in the ranks. Never heard of it. Never heard of it? Nope. Wow. Okay, how about you, Misha? Um, I've heard of the name, never watched it until you told me to. And yeah, it's first for me. Okay. I actually have That's, that's how he before. does it. That's how he does it. He doesn't say, hey, I want you guys to watch it. He tells us. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, that's, that's the show. As a producer of the show, that's my power. Technically, he's <laughs> the Sarge. <laughs> I have seen this before. I think it was in, it, well, it had to have been after high school. This, this I think, was a blockbuster rental. Uh, and mostly, I think, because Lawrence Fishburne. I was real big into Lawrence Fishburne because of The Matrix and Event Horizon. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I, I don't remember Ooh. if I liked it or not. I remember watching it. And I remember enjoying Ja Rule dying. <laughs> this is, uh, I, I kind of liked him, but then I also didn't. It was, it was a weird love-hate love, hate with Ja Rule. I don't know, man. I mean, I honestly like this portrayal that Lawrence Fishburne did in this film. I mean... Mm. I did Very like him as a gangster. gangster. He, he was, yeah. yeah. And as it, from what we know, he's basically he's, he's just a cop killer and a uh, just crime lord, basically, right? Uh, yeah, bad the beginning. Guy. He's yeah, a bad guy. He's a bad guy. All right. So if we're walking out of the theater, first thing you want to talk about? What do you got? I was gonna say Lawrence Fishburne. Out of every movie I've seen him in, I like this the most. He's when he pl- when he plays the um, in the Matrix. He's very aloof, but also like kind of like um, he's trying to play a guru almost a little bit too much in that one. Hmm. And I feel like in this one, his attitude and his suaveness kind of just like leaks through his demeanor as he plays a guy that's supposed to be a bad guy at the very beginning. And it just makes you want to like him over the course of the film. I agree. I think he did a very good job. Uh, as far as believability, he also has the stature and he does have the presence to be in that position. Just the way he carries himself and talks and even dresses. It just, yeah, it seems, I, I believe this is a, as a big guy for sure. Uh, I enjoyed it. You did. Yeah, actually I did. I, uh, I was, I, I put it on out in the garage while I was, uh, trying to clean up the garage 
And I was like, okay, I'll watch this movie in the background. And I found myself, I stopped cleaning the garage oh. and just sat down and watched the movie. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. I didn't get much of the garage cleaned by the way. This movie felt like it just happened. This is what I usually refer to as this, this was a movie. As far, as far as the description of, yeah, it's a movie. And I watched a movie. It wasn't great. It wasn't awful. It happened. And that's it. I, I'm moving on with life. Uh, it, it did seem very – it was very straightforward. The plot all happens about around one thing. Aside from them defending themselves the entire movie, we have that one scene at the beginning where Ethan Hawke is selling drugs to uh, some Irish dude. And it's he's, he's being way over the top. He looks weird. He's acting weird. Uh-huh. I, I didn't I didn't get cop vibes from that. But apparently he was undercover and he killed the guy. I'm not sure why they showed us that scene. Uh, oh, dude! They came from the back of the head, you see the back of the head pop off. Yeah, that was nice. Uh, I've seen that actor. I guess he was he playing like some sort of Russian in this one. I well, uh, I assume he's he's uh, Irish because every time I've seen him, he's an Irish guy. Yeah, but he did. I swear he had an accent like a Russian accent this time. Maybe I, I wasn't paying that much attention to his accent. Uh, I know him from Sons of Anarchy mostly. Uh-huh. Uh, he's also saw- Bosch. Which is a TV show uh-huh. people like a lot. I never. Yeah, uh, yeah. He has an American accent in uh, a lot of the other films. I mean, even in the other one, he has. Uh, he was also playing the the main bad guy in one of the seasons of White Collar too. Oh, that's right. Yes, it's weird. The the more TV I'm watching, the more actors I'm seeing pop up all over the place, and it's kind of become a game with Annie and I as we're watching. Okay, well, when did we last see that guy? Like uh, I think that was uh, like in this movie even the, uh, one of the bad cops he was the best friend of uh oh no I forgot his name captain captain oh my god from from Firefly underpants Com- captain uh, Reynolds from Firefly he plays the rookie and uh, his best friend in that show was one of the bad cops here as well we also got Kim Coates was also in Sons of Anarchy there was, there was uh, honestly, there, there was nothing really. You're right. There was, it was a movie. There was nothing really catchy about the movie. I, it was a fun movie to watch, but uh, no twists. No, like even even when the captain came in and they thought, uh, and it was one of the the bad guys. Uh, that was helping out the cops inside the precinct. It's like, yeah. no, no, he, he opened up the door. He did the, dude, I knew it was the old guy from the beginning. Yeah. Okay. That was a jerk. Like I, I hadn't thought about it, honestly, as far as I, I did find it weird. And I didn't believe he was a rat when he, when he they let him in and we got Ja Rule and, uh, and Leguizamo. Oh, hey, no, that guy, he's a rat. We got to kill him. That seemed very weird. Uh, just like, why would, how would he be a rat? They, they were just shooting at the guy for Christ's sake. And although it was odd that they missed so much to hit that guy. So I guess maybe it could have, but I, I didn't believe it. I, I did not yeah. see the, the old guy being uh, bad at the end. That, that one kind of threw me. But I also wasn't that invested because I was just kind of, I'm, I'm along for the ride. There's no, nothing really super fantastical happened. Gunfights, a couple of fist fights. The I, I think the biggest thing for me was I enjoyed Lawrence Fishburne and Ethan Hawke their little banter back and forth, especially the yeah. our, our shits on pause right now. Uh, I, I enjoyed that aspect of it. 
I did like Leguizamo's um, portrayal he did in the film too. I mean, he just <laughs> he did play a nice paranoid guy <laughs> pretty well. He's, he's always, oh, he does that very well. Yeah, he he's, he does. Yeah, he's a very fun character usually. I, I don't think I've seen him in a serious role. Actually, I'm thinking about it. He's always got a little bit of that weirdness to him. He was he was in uh, John Wick too, right? He was the car repair guy, also playing kind of weird. He's fun. Yeah. Um, I the 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 problem I had with it was, um, you know what? I, I, it it just escaped my mind. Oh, no. I, I had a, I had a very big. <laughs> oh, there you go. No. Um, okay, I, I get it. It's it's a precinct. It's out in the middle of nowhere, sort of. Mm-hmm. Like they, they give you the the feeling like it's in the middle of the woods. Yeah. But why would you have a precinct in the middle of the woods? In the middle of nowhere, is there a precinct? Yeah, it has to be in a metropolitan area where, or, or somewhere where all the action is because it needs to be able to get to all the action quickly. Yeah. And, and maybe that's why this one's getting shut down because it, it seems like there's a lot of industrial stuff around it maybe now. Maybe the, the area just got overrun with industry versus residents or businesses. Uh, this isn't like the part of the where the Princeton 13 was supposed to be at the beginning. Was it just basically um, being run down because most of the jobs are being moved out towards the center of uh, Precinct 21? Right. So, yeah, maybe at one point this was big when, when the city first was built. <laughs> and it's been there ever since. And the city has since gravitated to other areas. That's why this one was getting shut down and everything was being moved out. I mean, there's a Tommy gun for Christ's sake in the in the locker room. So that precinct's yeah, been around. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so they 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 all get these weapons and stuff out of there, and the Tommy gun's just already loaded. Right. I I can't imagine it would be able to fire because I I doubt they're regularly cleaning the weapons that are in evidence because that's tampering with evidence. <laughs> yeah. Right. That was a little weird. Do you know any? Fire. Do you know any? Um, uh, background on the Tommy gun, whether or not it jammed a lot, because I thought it did jam a lot. That's the reason why people didn't like using it. Right. Yeah, but this one would fired perfectly, even though it hasn't been used in what I would assume is over 30 years. Uh, maybe even more. Uh, yeah. yeah. It, 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 there was a lot of ridiculousness in this movie, and that's why I completely agree with what you said. It's a movie. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty much it. it. It's a movie. I mean, it was entertaining, Um I don't know which one of the girls did you like better, the doctor or the secretary? I was actually I about like to move secretary. to that. Uh, even though the movie was kind of just blah, there were some nice uh, things to keep you watching. Uh, Absolutely, Drea De Matteo, uh, which was in Sopranos, she also was in the very short-lived uh, spinoff from Friends, Joey. Uh, she played Joey's sister, uh, the the Hispanic chick that that I, I've always found her stunning. And the fact that she had fishnets, uh, fishnets uh, bothered me as a as a police officer. She probably should be dressing that way. But on another level, I was like, "Oh, okay, that's fine." You're talking about the secretary? Yeah, the secretary. She's not a police officer. Wait, she's not a police officer. She's literally the secretary of the precinct. Yeah. Oh, I thought they just called okay. her that. To- Brooklyn Nine Nine. Remember? Yes. Gina. So, oh, it'd be Gina. <laughs> but technically, a cop, though. I mean. No, no badge, no, nothing. Oh, uh, where not, not unless she would hide it somewhere else. I didn't see no badge. Okay. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, that makes it better. But still, the fishnets are still. It doesn't. It shouldn't belong in a precinct. I wouldn't think. 
Well, I mean, come on. If she's a cop and she's sitting there decorating the place and sitting there talking about how she likes to fuck bad boys, you know, she likes the bad boys and stuff. Like, I don't think a cop would be walking around. That's you know. okay. That's also true, I guess. Yeah, I, I enjoyed her. I think I, I liked her more than the um, the therapist because the therapist seemed kind of closed off, uh, unnecessarily bitchy. Uh, what did you guys think about her and her little theory of complex multiplications? Oh, calm uh, herself down. It's it's interesting. I I don't I can't imagine that that would work for me anyway. In, in, a, in a situation where I need to calm down, to start rattling off things. There'd be a multiple, and I'm pretty good at math. I like numbers, but there would be a multiplication that would piss me off because I I, I wouldn't be able to figure it out right away. Yeah, I would probably go through song lyrics. I'd, I'd probably try to go through Hamilton, uh, the entire performance as much as I can remember. Uh, but I don't know. I if if I'm that stressed out, calm, for me to calm down is just kind of to breathe and but basically talk myself down. Like, all right, calm down, calm down. We need to figure out how to do this, not distract myself. I, it's, it's, I, I think I need to focus more on the problem than try to distract myself from the problem. Cause would you be talking yourself into doing it or talking yourself out of doing it, though? I, I would be talking myself into analyzing everything to find out what I should or shouldn't be doing. Yeah, I, yeah if there's a problem, I, I don't like avoiding it. I need to hit it head on and look at it from every single angle I possibly can. Until I realize what I'm going to do. I can't distract myself. That's counterproductive for me. So how about you? You got uh, the, 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 the beginning of the movie, that scene at the beginning of the movie. The only reason you said you didn't understand that, why, why that scene was there. And I think it was setting up the precedent of him and how he got to precinct 13 and how he got to be the way he is. But it didn't really serve the plot, though, to me. He, he could have just been a regular cop, d- didn't have any trauma, didn't have any... I mean, the pills even, there was a, a scene where he threw the pills away because, oh, now i got to be serious. Okay? It's, it didn't serve anything. Okay. So that was the one thing I had trouble with the entire film. That was the one thing. What, the pills? Yeah, the pills. I looked closely at those pills. They were freaking Altoids. <laughs> they had little crystals inside of them. <laughs> Well, not Altoids, but like those Mentos. Like uh, icebreakers. Yeah, icebreakers. icebreakers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they had little like crystals inside of them. I'm like, pills don't have that. <laughs> yeah, it was just it was a weird thing. It's like they, they, I think the storyline was too bland, so they had to throw in some extra things to m- make it seem like it had substance. So this cop has a problem, uh, and he overcomes apparently, but it didn't seem like he really overcame. He was just being a police officer. Became a badass and got the secretary. Yeah, but I mean, you have to assume he got the secretary. He walks off with her, and she's like, "You know what? You were a fucking badass, right?" And she's into the bad guys, so yeah, she likes the badasses, you know. Yeah, and but the thing is, he had a thing for the like, like almost like he had a thing for the the, the doctor, right? And the doctor wouldn't have it, so. Now, all of a sudden, the doctor's dead, and he's like, hey, secretary. Right. right. Another thing unnecessary. There's no no reason for them to have any – show any kind of connection between him and, him and the doctor just for her to die, and then he ends up with the secretary. It's just, there's a lot in this movie that didn't need to be there and was there unnecessarily, and I think it's because the plot sucked. or It was, I, it was too straightforward and not complex, so they tried to add complications to make it seem deeper, but 
it's, it's not there. The only reason the scene at the beginning was also so that he had to go to therapy, so he had to see the doctor to introduce her into it, but she didn't need to be there. Like they could have put another random, you know, she could have been the maid of the precinct or something, you know? Yeah, or she was. She came over to do the last papers of the shutting down the precinct. This is your last day in, in being you active. Got stuck there. Yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. It's... Uh, they put a lot of work into trying to make this more than it is, and it didn't even end up working. Yeah, the the re, the, the old guy uh, Jasper, whatever his name is, yes. that was hell bent on you know not trusting any of the criminals and stuff. Like in the beginning, he's like, just hand him, just hand him Bishop, you know, and this will all be over and blah. Right then and there, I knew, oh, this guy, he's <laughs> he's part of this bullshit, you know, because uh. he put himself in harm's way. And nobody took a shot at him from outside. Okay, I guess. Like, like he knew they weren't gonna shoot him. Yeah, yeah. The twist, the twist was even also kind of unnecessary. Then, I mean, I guess it, it. The the thing that he was supposed to betray them didn't end up working anyway. So it that was also a useless part. They just needed. Uh, maybe we should have a twist in here. Let's make one of these guys. Oh, and and you mean to tell me nobody saw Bishop pull that flashbang out from behind his back and pull the pin? And and when he's getting beat up by the guy with the gun, they didn't see him put uh, the flashbang in uh, his pocket. You know, like nobody was paying attention to this guy. Oh, that's true. He wouldn't have had a flashbang on him. Well, even if he did have a flashbang on him, nobody was watching him. Like. He, well, well Bishop he, was he kind of he made a move uh I don't know. Yeah, that was weird. I did like the use of flashbangs because most movies use flashbangs incorrectly and this one I think at least nailed it more accurately to what a flashbang actually does. Doesn't do a lot of damage uh, unless you're holding it of course <laughs> or it it's on your body. It makes a loud noise. It makes a loud noise and a big flash which disorients you. Right. But Actually, not like. Now that I'm thinking about it, that you're, about, you're right about the loud noise. So, but at the end there, he said, "Cover your eyes," and then they still would have been disoriented by the sound, but it didn't seem to be. I'm like, ah, no, damn it, whatever. Uh, I the, wasn't trying to make that point, but all right, good point, <laughs> good point, good point. The the only thing, the only problem I had with Lawrence Fishburne is at the beginning when he kills the guy in the in the church, and as he's escaping, as he's leaving the church. It's snowing, and he puts on sunglasses. Like, all right. Well, that's his calling card, man. Yeah, we know we know you're cool, but sunglasses during snow, if you're trying to escape, you're going to want maximum visibility to see who's chasing you. I did absolutely zero research on this movie before I watched it. Um, and when he popped, I didn't even know he was in the movie, to be honest with you. Oh, when good. He popped up, I was, when he popped up, I was like, ooh, Morpheus. Yeah. Um, he's a badass. I like him. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Go to my notes here. Oh, the the whole – once they realize that the precinct is being uh, assaulted they and they and they know that it's cops assaulting it, the, uh, Ethan Hawke goes down and basically he ends up telling the other prisoners, oh, these are cops after us. I didn't that, – that seemed like a weird thing to have happen. Well, he went down there to check on them and he went down there. Uh, when he found out they were cops, he went down there originally and went and talked to Morpheus. Um, 
Yeah, pulled him aside to a separate room to talk about and, it. Yeah, and, and then it was later on that he went down there to check on them, and they were trying to get into they, – they broke into the back or something like that. Or, or not broke – they broke into that uh, – the window. Yeah, that, that – uh, Ended up shooting him, and then one guy – yeah, and then, and then they <laughs> killed one of the guys down the – that's when he was, like, sitting there looking at him, and uh, Bishop goes, tell him. You got to tell him. Yeah, it it, it it it. I guess it was just awkward the way it happened. Like I, I can't it was imagine a moment. That. Yeah, uh. they had a moment, man. So, I guess we'll just get through this. There's, there's not there's not a whole lot. <laughs> there's there's not there's not a lot to talk about. They they try to assault the, the they try to get in. They can't get in. They try to get in again. They can't get in. And now we have to try to escape. Uh, new guy comes in. He might be a rat. He was there trying to pick up on the secretary apparently, uh, and it didn't work out for him so well. Uh, so now we have Ja Rule and John Leguizamo starting to hatch a plot of their own to escape, which was not very well thought out. I don't know how they thought they were going to escape. They, they, they caused a, distract, a distraction with a bus, with a fire, and tried to run away and then ended up getting sniped anyway. So they're done. And then now did the girls know, are trying to escape. Did they not realize there were snipers out there? Were they that stupid? Yeah. Well, John Leguizamo, yeah, I can get but Yeah. But Smiley, Smiley also yeah. kind of a dumbass. Oh, he guys. did speak of himself in the third person all the time. Yeah, and talk to himself in the third person. <laughs> Come on, Smiley, you gotta. Yeah, he's talking to himself, calling himself. Yeah, it's whatever. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of the snipers, th- there was a scene towards the beginning where the lasers start coming in through the windows, and they're kind of scanning around. That was gay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At multiple times, lasers crossed over a body, and they, then there was no firing. Uh, and they were like, oh, hit the dirt. And they hit the ground, and the lasers are still hitting them while they're on the ground. Like they, they, they could have all died right there. But then they closed the blinds just in time before the snipers realize, oh, we should be shooting instead of just aiming. And then <laughs> – so, yeah, they got snipers that are killing everybody. And now the girls are trying to escape. We got the, the, the black chick who knows how to hotwire a car. And the therapist goes nowhere. with her. For, I've never, I've, that dude, they, they called that right in the movie. I've never committed a crime in my life. Yeah. Oh, I know how to hotwire a car. I thought you've never committed a crime. Oh, yeah. uh, I mean, watch people. Yeah, I learned shit along the way is what she said. So that, yeah. so she's learning to hotwire her own car. She lost her keys, maybe. Is that, is that her defense? Right. <laughs> but what, what was the whole point of the therapist going? And why did that? Why did they make that seem like it was a big moment? That that was confusing as hell to me. I I don't understand why the therapist went in the first place, um, but they did make it such a big deal, probably because of his love interest in her. Yeah, but it made it seem like she was overcoming something by doing this. Like I, hey, no, it's something I need to do. I, like, why? Why do you need to do it? We don't know anything about you. Or is what, what you're struggling with is to help you stop multiplying. I, I don't understand. Right. Multiplying. Yeah. So she yeah, she multiplied to calm herself down. As she did complex multiplication in her head. <laughs> I yeah. thought you meant exponentially for herself as in a body of herself. Oh continuous. no, okay. that's uh, Michael Keaton. Ah, uh, multiplicity. Uh, okay, <laughs> that actually multiplicity would be a good one for the podcast at some point. I think so. <laughs> uh, so the girls try to escape. They hotwire the car, and they're about to get away. But it turns out they had. A cop just sitting in the car the whole time, just in case. Yeah, when did that cop jump into <laughs> that? 
This is like guess, some this is like some crazy shit from like dog soldiers. You remember when the werewolf was in the back seat and Yes. <laughs> Although in this case it was a canine that was in the back seat the whole time and then it transformed into a human. With uh, Ah, there you go. <laughs> Got it. it my a- guess is he was taking a nap and all of a sudden they realized, <laughs> "Oh shit, my nap's being taken away." <laughs> yeah, they ah, this is dumb. All right, moving on. So now they're going to try to they're trying to sabotage them themselves now. So they he takes uh, Morpheus and they're going around dumping gasoline all over the place. Did you notice the way they were dumping the gasoline? It No. I think you're muted there, cowboy. <laughs> yeah. Hello? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Oh, there you are. <laughs> yeah, this complex mute button here uh, on this Zoom call. Uh yeah, they were dumping it all over themselves. <laughs> Thank you. <clears throat> I was hoping somebody else noticed that. It's that bothered the hell out of me. They would have lit themselves on fire as soon as they lit that. They were, they were so haphazardly shaking it over their own arms as they were dumping it. Like, in their legs. Yeah. They, they were saturated in it. Yeah, they, would, they, they should have died. But, no, that's not how this movie goes. Of course not. No. This is a, a Adam picked it movie. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. So they light a fire, and now they're, they're both shooting at each other through the fire, and nobody hits anything. And there was there was one scene where Morpheus was actually aiming the gun and firing, but it was so mechanical. He's just like frozen in one position. Oh, I missed. I was wondering about that because it, for the longest time they were like, who was shooting the Tommy gun? I don't know. That was, was the, it the girl? Yeah, that was the uh, the hot wire the hot wiring black. Chair. The hot wire. Yeah, yeah. That that she has. Pretty damn good, solid, straight aim, and no all over the place for oh, yeah. a Tommy gun. Yeah, those and, things got to kick like a mother. But that's fine. <laughs> it was when the fire first started, and the the the, the cops, the intruders, started firing. It popped in my head: Why are you shooting the fire? It's like fire's coming up. Oh no! The fire's attacking us. <laughs> Those guys, the, those guys did not uh, catch on fire. No, they didn't at all. No, nobody caught on and fire. And they were they they had like fire. But not only that, but if you notice that scene, the fire stopped at the bottom of the stairway. Yeah, it stopped right before them. And these them. guys, these guys ran off. That that stuff would have caught all the way up the stairway. They would have been engulfed in yeah. in flame. Or Ethan Hawke waited. waited. <laughs> oh, and Bishop's sitting there waiting for the other guy to get closer to the stairs so they can light it on fire you know yeah they, they, they would have waited another two minutes they would have caught them on fire but no they, they they lit it right so the fire stops right before them like ah that was ineffective and it didn't do anything everybody got away fine they didn't even kill any of them so what was the point of the fire it literally did nothing except for now the building we're in is on fire and now we're screwed for sure I and think the they- other- go ahead my I think the other reason why is because they took parts from Die Hard 2 where they used the wrong clip. Oh. <laughs> They're firing blanks at each other? Huh. I did not find it believable. No. With the amount of firepower and stuff they had on the outside, like why did they just send the four guys up above from the helicopter – and the other guys down below go in from the bottom. <laughs> like, yeah, 
this was not a very good assault. For for only was eight people in there at, at a certain, and, and four of them prisoners. Yeah, they 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 could have overrun this right away. Even at the very beginning, when the two guys come in and they're chased off by one guy, like if they would have just stood their ground, they could have ended the movie right there, killed yeah. killed everybody inside, and now we're done. I thought the reason why they were trying to do that was because they're trying to portray as Fishburne's characters, Fishburne's guys, trying to get him mm-hmm. out. I think that's what they were trying to do at first until they realized that they had no choice but to kill everyone else. And I think that that one bit where they were, where the two of the main bad guys were in the car talking about it, saying, like, we got to kill them all now. We can't, we can't just kill Fishburne. We have to kill them all because now they all know. And then they were really distraught about that because they didn't want to do it, but they had to. But honestly, man, I mean, these guys outside, they didn't portray bad guys or at least proper villains. They portrayed like just dudes that had to get something done and yes. they didn't know how to do it. Right. And they tried to make it sound like it, things were happening that were much more evolved. At one point, the bus is on fire. The guy's like, oh. That was a smart move. They they knew that we would be over here. So, but no, that was an accident. That was it. Was just it was all so stupid. Dialogue was awful. Well, uh, they, they were they were thinking differently. They didn't know those two characters, uh, Leguizamo and Chao Rule, were going to make a run for it. They the bus blew up, and they thought that they were trying to. He's like, oh, hey, good idea. Draw a diversion because their eye was on the truck, the red truck. Yeah, but they yeah. already had a guy in the truck, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Diversion from what? Oh, no, if we keep, take our eyes off the truck, they can get away. Except they have a guy in there already, so if they try that anyway, you're fine. It's dumb. Uh, okay, so blah, blah, blah. The, they escaped through a tunnel, which Jasper just realized because he double-crossed. I guess that was the, that was the plan, the fallback plan the entire time. Yeah. So why not? Why doesn't he offer that at the well, beginning? I don't know if that was the original fallback plan, but when shit went haywire and he started arming the the prisoners and stuff like that, you know, uh, Jasper was the one who undid the handcuffs at the back door. Yeah, and was talking to those two guys, and they probably devised the plan right there. Hey, there's a, a oh, sewer okay. down at the bottom. I you know, forget this. I'm going to lead him down there. Okay. I guess, but I feel like that's also giving the movie a lot more credit than it deserves <laughs> for having that much forethought. That's a really smart thought you got there. I mean, I really feel like that's what they were planning on doing from the get go. Yeah, of course. Totally. Uh, so anyway, they get, they're, they're now caught and this is where the flashbang goes off at Jasper's uh, chest and they get away. And now, now this is another weird part. Uh, they get into the woods and, Ethan Hawke uh, gets ambushed, and then here comes uh, Larry Fishburne, uh, Lawrence. I think he's Lawrence by the yeah he's Lawrence by this time. He was Larry for Event Horizon, but now he's Lawrence. Uh, and then the, the 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 main bad guy gets a drop on Lawrence Fishburne on Morpheus, and he shoots him in like the the stomach or something. He, he's like two feet away, and if the objective is to kill this man, headshot, we're done. Let's all go home. But it was just a gut shot, so we can have some dialogue. The uh, the one moment in the movie that I was that I was sitting there thinking, "Oh God, please don't," was when Morpheus is sitting on the stairs with the receptionist. Oh, 
Okay. And they, they, it's like, oh my God, they're going to have a heart to heart there. And she's like, it's quiet outside, you know, because she was looking at him like, you're a bad guy. And she likes bad guys. Yeah. You know? And they alluded to that they were about to bang right there. Yeah. (laughs) And then he grabs her throat and she's like, it's kind of quiet outside. Like she was fishing to be like, hey, it's quiet out there. Let's, let's fuck, you know? Yeah. He's like, yeah, that's what worries me. And he just gets up and walks away. I was, I was hoping he was going to say, yeah, a little too quiet. So that's, that's, that's like, that's always the line in movies. And I expected that from this movie. Predictable, not trying to think outside the box. Yeah, you know, and honestly, they would have plenty enough time to bone. Yeah, sure. Didn't happen. Uh, I'm, I'm drained. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about this movie. It, so... But basically, for a Fishburne character, he gets hit in the gut and then trails off into the night. Yeah. Ethan Hawke lets him get away. Yep. Because he told him, I'm the only cop that's going to get you. What's the point of that? Um, we, we, we don't know because the, there was no conclusion to that. Like the whole, the whole movie was about Bishop, getting Bishop and this whole ring and stuff like that. And he just gets away. And no closure, no. Because like. that was Ethan Hawke's whole thing too. That right now we're on the same side. But once this is over, you're going to jail, and you're gonna you're gonna answer for your crimes. And then he lets him leave, just so he can hunt him down later. I guess we have to wait for Assault on Precinct 14 to find out. Uh, yeah. Precinct 21. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, it was like, very very disappointing. Why did it have to be number 13? Ooh, lucky number 13. Yeah. It's cursed. It's dumb. Would it rather be lucky number eleven? <laughs> I don't remember if I liked that one. I think it was okay. I don't even think that's a number. We actually did that one. I think on the podcast. I'm pretty sure we did. That was, I think, maybe first second year we did lucky number eleven. No, hmm. I don't know. It was maybe about like two a year ago or two years ago. Really? Oh my! Oh, let's see, eleven. It was season two. Huh? What? That's right. Did I time travel? Yeah. <laughs> Holy moly. Oh, yeah. Second year. Okay. That's fine. Not that I wanted to prove you wrong. I just wanted to prove myself right. Huh? <laughs> All right. Anything else you guys want to say about this? I feel like there's nothing else to say. I've said more than I thought I was going to because there was not I, a lot. I, I think it would have, I mean, yeah, there was the little bit of eye candy there, but there could have been more action between that. Yeah. I mean, it was just allude to this, allude to this. Oh, yeah. I think about sex all the time. I think about sex all the time. I'm a hot chick, blah, blah, blah. But there was no, like, <laughs> that's true. Sex. Yeah. <laughs> it was just all, it, it was all talk. Yeah. Maybe she is all talk. Oh, that's possible. One of those teases kind of yeah. girls. I like bad boys. When you get out, give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else, guys? I'm, I'm good. No, I'm tapped out of this. It was a movie. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that was our opinion of the movie. But like I said, at the top of the show, we have lots of opinions but zero credentials. Let's see if we actually have credentials now. The critics and the audience. I'm going to give you two reviews from the audience and the critics. So uh, hopefully that helps you with the game we're about to play after this, the Rotten Tomatoes game. All right, let's go with the 
Start with the good reviews first. Top critics, Sarah Michelle Fetters from MovieFreak.com. And while it doesn't offer much in the way of anything new, it boasts an outstanding cast and tightly wound direction propelling things forward to a surprisingly satisfying resolution. I did not find the ending satisfying. All right. Uh, Stella Papa Michael from BBC.com. Uh, Richard introduces or, uh, introduces new twists and simmering character drama while avoiding pretensions to conserve the ferocity of the 1976 film. Ah, it was 76. All right, bad reviews. It's from Dessen Thomas from Washington Post. It's good for a silly laugh, this stuff. And maybe this movie will draw renewed attention to Carpenter's imminently better movie. So first one was good, apparently. Now we do Mark Savlov from Austin Chronicle. It's not so much a case of being a bad movie as it is a pointless one. 100% agree. Agree. Did not need to happen. All right, now let's do the audience. Oh, wait, first, since I gave you the top critics, we'll do the tomato meter. Now, the thermometer. The thermometer. If you're not familiar with the scoring system for Rotten Tomatoes, it's an average score between 0 to 100 amongst the critics and the audience. 0 to 59 is rotten, 60 to 84 is fresh, 85 and up is certified fresh. So based on those reviews from the top critics, what do you think the critics rated this movie? I'd say 45. Oh, I was going to say 42. 42. Mm-hmm. For, oh, that's the answer to all of life. Uh, the Tomato Meter rates this rotten at 59%. Barely missed fresh. I can't believe that. <laughs> it, it, uh, all right. Now we'll do the audience. Bad reviews first from the audience. This is from David F. Boring, mostly, and it irritated the fuck out of me that Ja Rule, or whatever... Oh, <laughs> I autocorrected for him. Uh, <laughs> it irritated the fuck out of me that J. Ra, or whatever the fuck his name is, doesn't get his fucking molester head pumped full of lead earlier. Yeah, that would make Smiley happy. Larry Fishburne is good in it, though. Wow, that guy did not know how to... There's a lot of typos. Uh, uh, Jeffrey C. Uh, this movie has no edge to it, and it's written very cheesily. Now, granted, the first one had a cheese factor in it as well, but it was certainly better than this one. Okay. There was the first one? The, yeah, the original. Yeah, 1967. Oh, okay. This was a remake. No, 76. I did it again. I, I was thinking, like, the first one, like, there was a prequel to this? Oh, like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Not an original. I was like, right. holy shit. I mean, this is a sequel? What the hell? <laughs> Good reviews. This is from Thomas J. Full of action. Cops versus cops. Added with criminals. Cool. I almost shedded a tear when, one, Smiley and Beck, and two, Anna and Alex were off. Oh, it was sad. So when <laughs> when the two guys died and the two girls died, he almost cried. I, there was not enough connection <laughs> to any character at this in this movie for me to have any emotions. But, all right, Amanda R. Well, a truly classy thriller for me, anyway. Edge of your seat stuff, and it's rare for a film which is mainly action to get me really involved. But this one did. Cinematography is great. No, there's nothing edge of the seat about this movie. Nope. Agreed. All right. So those are the audience reviews. What do you think the audience rated this movie? The audience is stupid. <laughs> Just basing on that last review. 
honestly. That was horrible. Um, I, I will say, audience... going through the reviews for the audience, there was a lot of middle-of-the-road people. So I had to find a two-star below for the bad and a four-star and above for the good, which took a little bit of doing. But, yeah, just so you know. Wow, that was bad. Um, I'm going to have to say uh, 63. 63? You think it was fresh with the critics over the audience? Yeah, All right. Audience, yeah. Maestro? Audience is st- um, 50. 50. This was also rotten with 48%. Wow. All right. Make sure it gets both showcases. Two movies in a row that went the opposite way of critics versus uh, audience. Yeah. All right. Paul Giamatti and Gary Oldman were not in this film. Since Thank they, God. They make, they make films better by being in them. So we like to play a game where we put them in, replacing other actors to hopefully improve the movie. Who would you replace to make this better? Gary Oldman should play the character that John Leguizamo played. Ooh. <laughs> wow. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I think he could do a good job at that one. All right. And then, then uh, Paul Giamatti needs to play the old guy, Jasper. Agreed. I was thinking Jasper for Giamatti as well. He he does very well at leading one way, and then all of a sudden he can't. He, or he's a bad guy. All right, Mishra, you got a, you got a choice there? I wanted uh, Gary Oldman to play Ethan Hawke's uh, bit. Mm. Okay. Mainly because, like, Ethan Hawke, I'm like, ah, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that you could uh, want to play that position, at least in that sense. And he looks so scraggly, man. I mean, I looked at him, I'm like, I just don't <laughs> see it. I just don't see it. So I wanted him as Ethan Hawke's character, but for uh, oh, I mean, Gary, Gary Oldman's not a huge guy either. True. No, no, he's not. All right, so who would you do as Giamatti then, Mishra? I would do – yeah, I would also do Jasper too. It's a good idea. Okay. I would have uh, – Giamatti was Jasper. Uh, and then uh, Oldman should have been the uh, the main bad guy, Gabriel Byrne, which usually does a good job. And this the writing here didn't, I think, maybe allow him to be as good. But since his character was basically nothing – Let's put Gary Oldman in there. Make it interesting, at least. A little bit. All right, let's do trivia. This is a part of the show where I give you guys little bits of facts or information you may not know about the movie. Mark, Mark Wahlberg was originally offered the role of Jake Roenick. That would have been good. As a, yeah, instead of Ethan Hawke, Mark Wahlberg. He's buff. <laughs> he's got yeah, the muscles he, for it. I think he would have done a great job at it. Yeah. Sergeant Jasper O'Shea makes reference to the movie First Blood. This is where Denley had a starring role in the movie as Will Tassel, the sheriff who pursues John Rambo. We did Rambo. Oh, we did First Blood, right? We did. We did. We did. We did. did, I think we did the first one. Yeah. All right. In the original movie, Bishop was the police officer and the Caucasian actor was the criminal. In the opening scene, Ethan Hawke goes by the name Napoleon. This is the first name of the main character, Napoleon Wilson, in the original assault on Precinct 13, 76. All right. Flashbangs, Crooked Cops, A Siege, and the name Sabian and Ronick were all elements in the Samuel Jackson and Kevin Spacey movie, The Negotiator. Both films are written by James DeMonico. 
Negotiator is a much better version of this as far as Dirty Cops and Who's Who and uh, and which also had Paul Giamatti in it, by the way. And I'm pretty sure we did this one on uh, spoilers as well. It's a, it's a, that's a great, it's a better movie. If you want to see a Dirty Cop movie, watch that one or maybe Training Day, which also has Ethan Hawke. Money Makes the World Go Round. We want to put this film in perspective with other films that released this year so we get a feel financially how it held up to its peers. The budget for this film, $30 million. What do you think this film grossed worldwide in the U.S. and foreign box offices? I did not hear about this movie until yep. we picked it. Okay. Um, it was 30, you said 38 million or 30? 30. 30, 30 million, million even. Um, I, and you said worldwide. I want to say 63 million. All right, measure. Mm-hmm. 90. No. In the U.S., this grossed $20 million. Foreign box offices, $15.3 million, bringing the worldwide to 35.3. All right, Cowboy gets one. Woo. Yay. This film debuted on January 19, 2005 with $7 million. It was the 118th highest grossing film of 2005. Number one that year, Star Wars, Revenge of the Sith. Nice. All right. <clears throat> All right. That was Assault on Preaching 13 from 2005, directed by Jean-Francois Richet. Francois? Check out our website, ratpackpodcast.com slash spoilers. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Spoilers Show. Check out and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Rat Pack Productions. Write to us via email, spoilers at ratpack.productions for any questions, opinions, or movie requests. Please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts so it can help us in the rankings. If you leave us a review and a recommendation, that recommendation goes to the top of our list and watch it before any other request. Next week, there is a movie coming out. It's called <clears throat> Escape Room 2. Oh. So we're going to watch Escape Room 1, the first one. Simple. So check that out. I'm very curious. I, I, I know nothing about this, but I like Escape Rooms, and I want to see w- what they do with that concept and how they make this a movie. I, I'm not good at Escape Rooms when it comes to me and my family. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. We all want to be the one to figure it out, and then we're all on separate trails. Yeah. That is a little bit of a struggle. Uh, I've done a couple with my daughter and her friends and it's very hard for me not to try to take over. <laughs> I think you did one with my daughter too. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And, uh, I was, it was, I was holding back as I could like, maybe guys, maybe you want to check over, over there. Look over there. <laughs> maybe, uh, no, but they are both strong, <laughs> willful, hard headed girls. Yeah. yeah I w- I'm curious to you off. Yeah. The air, you tell me how that actually okay. <laughs> went about. <laughs> Both trying to do the same thing at the same time. Yeah, good times. All right. Well, thanks for hanging out, guys. That was Assault of PC 13. Make sure you watch Escape Room for next week. Until next time, I am Adam. I'm Cowboy blowing smoke rings in the dark. Oh. And I am Maestro wondering what the hell just happened. <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting you to say, just blowing things in the dark. Okay. <laughs> 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 Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> <laughs>